Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And today we want to continue our 2022 leadership series. We shaped the series in one of our regular planning sessions, where we made a list of what we are hearing most on the minds of our colleagues. One issue led to another, to the point where we decided to overlap itself into a whole series. And you've heard about strategic planning and executive director recruitment. And today we're going to talk about building the team, staffing. It's such a big, important theme in terms of how we deliver our mission. Absolutely. And right now, it's more important than ever. I see two really interesting forces at play. One, as we mentioned in our past episodes, we are in the midst of something called the Great Resignation. And there are lots of people reflecting on whether their job represents their values and whether they feel appreciated and good about being at work. And the nonprofit sector is not immune to that. We we have to recognize that force in our work. And at the same time, in this pandemic, when we've all had to pivot way more than we've ever thought about pivoting, retaining your staff is key and finding ways to make sure your staff are the nimble, responsive, willing to accept change as it comes at them, group team that you need right now. And so really, I I think more than ever, we need to not think about how's our staff doing, but how's our team doing? That is what we're here to talk about today. I'm so glad we're talking about this because I'm hearing this over and over again, that it's hard to keep people, it's hard to find people, and really people are at the heart of what we do. I mean, everything we do, even if we're doing the environment or animal protection, it's about the people. Absolutely. And so one important note here, I know many of our listeners uh, may not have staff. You might be an all-volunteer organization doing really important work in your community, and that's fine. Take everything we say about staff and just translate it over to volunteers, because you surely do have people who are bringing their expertise, their knowledge, their talent, their time. In order to achieve your mission, they're just not being paid. So as we talk about this topic, think about your most active volunteers. The principles are the same. Absolutely. And that's why I love talking about a team and not just a staff. Um, I think it's an important shift for your paid workers. And it's also a way to make sure what we're talking about today is accessible to all the small nonprofits out there. So as you start to think about your team in 2022, let's start with the obvious. Chances are they're tired, overwhelmed, exhausted, (laughs) trying to remember why they come to work every day, and also trying to remember why they do everything else in their world, right? We're all exhausted even beyond our workplaces. It's just the reality of where we are today. It doesn't mean your workplace is wrong. It doesn't mean their job description isn't the right one. It's just a reality of, of where human beings are at the moment. And I think we need to ac- accept that. And if we're leaders in our team, um, we need to think about how to help people with that. Mm, I think a lot about uh, it translates like to our families as well, right? You know, we're, you know, if we think about nonprofits, our community moving forward, our mission, and we, I mean, we, we're seeing this across every aspect of our life. And how do we move forward with it? Right. And, you know, we all have read lots of articles that say, well, make sure you appreciate them. And I think if I read one more article about that, I might I might keel over because I'm not quite sure what that always means. I think it I think actually it means more than saying thank you. 
And I've been kind of toying with two thoughts here. I'd love to hear what you think about them, Nancy. One is I think appreciate them means first finding out what makes someone feel appreciated. And I tend to just assume everyone wants to be appreciated the way I want to be appreciated. Um, And I actually think that's not true. So I actually am interested in asking the people I work with, like, what makes you feel like you did a job well done? Some people, if they're honest, will admit they want their name in the newsletter with this appreciation note. Um, Some people, you know, that's the last thing they'd want. They want a handwritten card put on their desk. Other people would like, you know, a $5 gift card to the coffee shop to say, you know, go catch your breath and take a break. You just did a good thing. If you can find a way to get people to be honest about how they actually feel appreciated, then you can respond. Um, But I think part of why this just appreciate people advice isn't always working is we're just constantly doling out one form of appreciation that we know instead of acknowledging there are lots of ways to do it. I so agree. And I, I think the ultimate form of appreciation is when you deeply and authentically hear somebody. And I think we're all trained to listen. You know, Sarah, you tell me what's going on in your life and I'm going to empathetically listen. But ultimately, I feel appreciated if you if I feel that I'm truly honestly being heard and that you're hearing not only the challenges that I'm facing, but in my words, but the solutions in my words, and that you're honoring that with your actions, if that makes sense. So you're not just giving lip service to what I'm feeling. Oh, I'm sorry, you're having a hard day, but you're hearing why I'm having a hard day. And you're part of the solution to solving that. However, that means redefining my job, whether it means, you know, something's going on in my family and you respond to that or Mm -hmm. whatever that means, you're authentically hearing me. Mm, Good point, because that was my second thought was that I feel like the appreciation needs to extend beyond seeing someone as a worker and seeing them as a person. So, you know, if if pre-pandemic times, it was good enough to say, Nancy, you just wrote an awesome grant. You know, wow, those words made it sing. And that was enough um, because as people, we were also getting, you know, positive feedback and support and rejuvenation from other aspects of our lives. and. I think now there's a a real need, especially in small organizations, to really see people and not see workers. Mm -hmm. And that's been a, you know, a line. I'm sure there's some HR attorneys who suddenly freak out when they hear that. But I actually think it's a really important time for us to, we don't have to be nosy into someone's life. We don't have to go into places that someone doesn't want us to be. But I do think it's important to see people as people and to appreciate maybe the work they're doing and acknowledge they're doing that work in a really complex and exhausting time too. You know, it's interesting because I recently was working with a nonprofit that was experiencing somebody who was not working a lot or taking a lot of time off because of COVID, because of family that they needed to take care of. And and this is a group that didn't have an employee handbook, didn't have guidelines, didn't have policies around that. And so first of all, we need to help with those things, get get those things in place. But my point here is, I think it's okay to name that tension. We've talked a lot in the past about the tension between one thing and another. And I think as we are empathetic and we hear folks and we appreciate them, there is tension in the system between them also having to deliver their job. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to name that and to talk about it, right? Yeah. I think clarity right now is more important than ever, right? Like clarity about, hey, I, I see 
that you need help. And so I'm going to give you help in these ways, but then I also need you to step up and do this. Like, you know, maybe in the past, we would have been more subtle about some of those conversations. I think we're all tired enough. We just want it to be clear. Yeah. So a second category of conversation I want to bring up here, when we talk about building our team, staffing, or the key people delivering our mission, I think it's important that we also hold up a mirror to ourselves, mm-hmm. okay, that, that we can appreciate people all day long. And yet, if they're earning subpar wages, wages that they cannot find accommodation, they can't find housing or eat dinner tonight because yep. we're not paying them enough. I think we need to be honest. Yep. It, it's time for us to have an honest conversation that mission alone does not put food on the table. And I'm saying this, I have seen several job postings just in the past week where they are jobs that I know people who, who would be perfect in those roles. And then I look at the salary and I'm thinking, there's no way a qualified person with all those qualifications you've listed there, there's no way somebody could do that. And we have to be honest about those salaries that we are posting or the benefits and all of that. Right. And I think now is an important time to have that conversation. You know, the, the usual nonprofit, like push back to that, Nancy, as well. Our donors don't want our money's going to, you know, fancy salaries for people. Well, then I think it's time for us to be having conversations with our donors. You know, the last thing you want to be doing as a nonprofit organization is be contributing to the problems other nonprofits have to solve. (laughs) So if my organization isn't paying enough for someone to afford housing in our community, then actually what we're doing is creating a bigger philanthropic need for the housing folks in our community to deal with. So I actually think most donors would listen to a conversation that said, look, we need to pay people so we aren't contributing to other problems that then you'll be asked to give philanthropically to fix. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. And you know, folks who are listening, you're, I know you're saying I don't have the money and I get it. I've been the prime fundraiser for several organizations. I've had staff members whose jobs rested on my ability to raise money. And so I I know money doesn't grow on trees, but I also know that we have to be part of the larger conversation. We have to lift our voices and advocate for what's right. And if our values are to take care of people in the world, we have to model that within how we practice our own mission. And and this extends as well that I've seen some staff turnover related to people of color, where organizations have gone out and they've wanted diversity and they've hired for diversity. And that is fantastic. But they haven't done much about changing the culture in which those people are working. And there's, there's turnover. I've been watching it. So we talked in our board matrix uh, episode about holding up that mirror to our culture. And part of the staff turnover piece is that we haven't done that culture work. Absolutely. Right. You can't bring someone on and then assume that, oh, we're all done. (laughs) It's it's how are we, how are we thinking about how we hear from that person? How are we thinking about how that person understands what their role is and contribution is to fulfilling our mission? And how do we need to change our work anytime we hire a new person? Because they're going to bring in new ideas and, and new perspectives, and we have to be open and, and ready to that. You know, when I we talk about the great resignation, Nancy, I, I know for some people, it, 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 it like provides this excuse, like, oh, we're losing people. And so like, well, it's the great resignation. And, you know, I don't bring it up in those terms. I, I actually think it's exposed real vulnerabilities in the nonprofit sector. And I think those are around pay. 
I think they're around an assumption that people are just do-gooders and they'll do this work no matter what, and they'll work 80 hours a week when they're really only paid for 25. I think it's really exposed that. I think it has exposed our lack of sophistication, I guess I would say at this point, for how to bring on new people, especially people who will offer different perspectives in our organization and really hear them, welcome them, really learn together as a team. And I think it has exposed how often in this sector, we just assume passion for mission will make it all work. We don't need clarity in our job roles. We don't need clarity in who reports to whom or what our policies are because we all just love the mission. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a really important time for us to respond to the great resignation by looking at those vulnerabilities and saying, how do we shore them up? Mm. And, you know, we can do this. Like, I feel I have so much optimism for our sector that we can do this. We can look at how our values that we show out into the world show up within our organizations. These are great board conversations. So as you're thinking about that spring retreat outside in the fresh air, these are some really important conversations to have. Right. And, And it's a great, I mean, it can actually be an energizing moment. To be like, okay, let's take up little pause. I'm not suggesting you stop doing your important work, but let's take a little strategic pause and just say, are we functioning like a team? Is the culture we have reflecting our values? Um, and if not, that's okay. We're not terrible. We haven't, you know, I don't know, you know, built up so much, you know, bad energy that we're never going to recover. Rather, okay, let's make a plan. How do we get there? How would we? you know, work to raise our salaries over time? How would we create more of a sense that we're in this together as a team? How would we pause and see people as humans and not workers? Let's be excited by that opportunity because remember, most of us who come to this work come because we do actually care about other people and about causes. So let's put some of that energy into our own organizations. And I think it would actually be very energizing for us to do that because we're the kind of people who, who like, get jazzed by that. Absolutely. So so you mentioned earlier that in some ways this has created opportunities. And so let's talk about this third area that's interesting to think about. And that is, so you have opportunity, you have openings. Yes. You have, you know, some key people may have left or retired or whatever. What should we be thinking about as we're as we're filling those positions? Mm, excellent. Well, I like to think like a coach all the time, right? And if yes, you're the you coach do. of a, if you're a coach of a team, Like you have some players who are experts, right? Like if you're coaching a soccer team, you probably have a goalie who's trained for a long time to be a goalie, (laughs) Um, right? And they, there, there's an expertise to that position that is essential. It's different than the other, you know, players on the field, but you probably also have a lot of players who could play in the midfield or could be a striker, you know, you can move them around and depending on who else is on the team and what other skills you've got. You will say, well, today Nancy should play this role because we're playing a team where, you know, that's going to play best against them. So I think a healthy organization has some experts. There's probably something in your field that requires just, you know, straight up knowledge, wisdom, lived experience, like something, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also this need for these crossover players. And I think the trend over time had been toward experts. Like hiring was like, oh, we got to have this long list of, you know, things they know or 
titles they've held or degrees they've earned because it shows their expertise. Mm -hmm. And I actually think right now, if you take a look at your team and you're like, yeah, we have that, (laughs) what you're really looking for are those crossover players, those people who can be nimble, those people who thrive in what's next, you know, how can I learn something new? But as a coach, you have to assess what you've got and then see which player you're looking for. I feel like, I mean, we need to cross-reference a, a few past episodes that we, so go back to the board matrix and look at all the diversity, the many ways of diversity, including approach. I think of, we want folks who are fast learners, curious people who want to learn cross-skill areas. We want folks who are excited about collaboration who, whether they're extroverts or they they just really enjoy networking for the curiosity side of it, wanting people. So these are really looking at skill sets. So you, you can match your experts with people who have a diverse set of skills to help move you forward. And, and I'm also thinking about our, our last episode about job descriptions. Mm, you know, yes. let's let's get away from you must have three to five years of this or a master's degree in that. I mean, are, I mean, can't we just put we're looking for nimble people who are curious and love our mission? Yeah, I do have a fantasy of job descriptions that are just like a series of, you know, adjectives. Like I'm looking for someone who, you know, maybe my organization is looking for someone who has a, a joyful approach to, to learning or something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, great. Well, Nancy, what's our word of the week? So our word of the week is team. We've been talking, you you have, you, I haven't counted, but I think you've used the, te- the word team about, I don't know, 57 times. When I say team, what are you thinking about? Mm, well, I, first of all, I think of the super cliche that you, you know, you find your value in the whole and not just the parts, right? The, 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 the sum of the parts is actually better. But I also, when I think about teams, since I am a coach, <laughs> um, I realize that building a team takes intentional effort. It's not just gathering the right people and putting them on the, uh, you know, on the field. We've seen that happen, right? There are countless NBA teams that have all the right players (laughs) and it's not going well. (laughs) Um, But instead it takes intentional effort. It takes saying, hmm, okay, how do we, how do we um, pair people in the right places? How do I bring someone into the culture? How do I make them want to share their insight or not make them, but Oh, invite them to want to share their insights. Mm-hmm. How do I help them see what's happening on the floor so that they play well together? That to me is what I think about when I think about team. I think it's it's not just about assembling the people. It's about having an intentional effort for what to do when they're there. It's so interesting because our episode is about staff and staffing, mm-hmm. but you're really focusing on the leader as really the coach, the, the leader as the person who, who makes all this happen. You know, with the word team, I think about that notion that each part has a unique role to play. And you've already talked about, you know, you might have your experts and your, your nimble folks and your strikers and all that. But I think that's really important that so often we hear, oh, be a team player. And implicit in that is do what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. And I want to push back on that a little bit because we don't actually want teams where everybody's doing what the other person is doing. We want to celebrate the individual strengths and recognize individual challenges. And that's really important in building a strong team. So, yes, we're all in it together, but we're all individuals with individual strengths and challenges. And it's the job of the the leader to be that coach, to make it all happen. So the sum of us is greater than our parts. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. 
you know, we recognize that it is hard out there and we know that you are working so diligently to deliver on your mission for your community. And we hope you hear the good news is that you aren't alone. You have a whole team. Carve out some time to think about the people in your organization as a team. Consider who has what strength and how do they work best together. Engage them in the conversation about what your team goals are right now. And every time you go to appreciate the people you work with, pause and think about how you can use that appreciation as an opportunity to build a sense of team and see them as the individuals they are. We sure hope you know that the Nonprofit Radio Show is also on your team. We're here to support you. You've got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.